Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Dr. Jay Calvert here, Dr. Millicent Ravello. Dr. Ravello, what do you want to tell me about teen plastic surgery? Teen plastic surgery is about the teenagers, but it is also equally about the parents. Because as any pediatrician will tell you, they love their jobs. They love their kids. It's the parents that are the real patients sometimes. And we are parents. And we are parents. So we, so we, we get we it. Get on, <laughs> we're right on board with this we one. We get it. We get it. Uh, surgery. We're not parents your... together. We are no. parents of other children. <laughs> Let's clarify. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second. I got four kids with Chris. You got one that you had like when you were like in high school or whenever that right. was. But, right. uh, you know, it's all good. Um, so we get it. So this is a topic designed to, you know, really educate teenagers, but most most importantly, their parents about what exactly is involved in the decision making process of a teenage plastic surgery. So, and this is the so the the operations that come up, and it's why I had a, uh, a Freudian slip there. Is teen rhinoplasty is very common. We get a lot of questions about teen breast augmentation lately. A breast lot. augmentation, uh, for sure, especially I think in this part of the country. Um, and teen then, lipo. Teen lipo. In my practice, it's it's teen breast reduction um, that I see a lot of. So I think, yeah, you see teen rhinoplasty, I see teen breast reduction, and then a smattering of other things in between. Yeah, I mean, there's some, you know, and, and we're really talking about teen aesthetic surgery because there's a lot of teen like reconstructive surgery. Sure, like if there's breast athelia, absence of a breast, then putting in an implant and trying to make a nice breast is, you know, pretty common. Those aren't yeah. those aren't things that you have to scratch your head over. But you know, should your you know, 17 year old who's uncomfortable with their size of their breasts get a breast augmentation. You know, is that, is that right. a, a parental that, choice or should they wait till they're 18? Zone. Yeah, it is. And, and, and that does come up. Right. Um, rhinoplasty is a little more straightforward. Uh, there's some kids walk in and, you know, they're just like, this hump is really awful and I want it off. And the parents are like, we want it off for yeah. her. And it's like, okay, this yeah, is going to be awesome. Everybody gets it, yeah. And it, there's not a lot of scratch in your head. But what I do and how I approach teen plastic surgery in general, and it's because I, I had a, a patient who wasn't a teen, but it had teen rhinoplasty. And I'll, and I'll tell you about her. Uh, what I do is I ask the patient, you know, I listen to the parents because they like to talk first, but I really sit there and I have a heart to heart with the patient. And if that patient can express to me in an adult manner, though, though they are a teenager, whether they're 15, 16, 17, 18, I don't care, but if they can express to me in an adult manner why they want the rhinoplasty or whatever it is they're talking about and, it, and the indications are there from an anatomic standpoint, then I'm, then I'm cool with it. But if it's the parents like dragging their kid in because they want them to have it, I'm, mm, mm, yeah. Let's wait a year or two. You know, it's not, this one's not cooked yet. Not right. Yeah, I, I think I probably do the same thing with my breast reduction patients because yes, usually initial part of the conversation, some very mature teenagers will talk and tell their own story, but sometimes it is the parents that are coming in and, and talking for the teen. But I have a an out in the sense that I say, okay, now I'm going to examine the patient and I kick the parents out of the room so I can examine the patient. And then that's, as I'm examining them, that's when I really get to talk with them. I get, let them loosen up, ask them some questions and be like, so what are you thinking? Or, you know, why are you here? Or do you know anybody who's had 
this. And then that's when they really start talking. And so that's my opportunity to sit with them. And then once I'm done examining them, I sit with them some more and I talk with them one-on-one and say, hey, do you understand this? Do you have any questions before your parents come in? Anything else you'd like to say? And that's their time to really tell me what they're thinking about. And then, you know, they get dressed, we bring the, pa- the parents back in and then we can all have an informed conversation. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to do it that way. And uh, if if you don't, then y- you can wind up in a situation that I wound up in And I'll tell you the story because it's very illustrative of what can happen. I had a kid who came in. He was at this point 21 or so. uh, And he wasn't a kid anymore. But he'd had teen rhinoplasty. And it wasn't great. And the parents brought him in and said, this is what he wants. Blah, 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 blah. And I kind of listened. And And when I was done, I... I was like, great. You know, I talked to the kid and the kid said, yeah, just kind of nodded his head. He seemed like a quiet kid. And, and the parents were there and everybody seemed to be in agreement with what we were doing. So then I did that. I did the revision rhinoplasty, fixed the way that we'd talked about it. And like four years later, I get a one-star Yelp review. Hmm. And it's from this kid from who's now an adult. And... He says, you know, Dr. Calvert made my nose this way and blah, blah, blah. And that's not what I wanted at all. And I'm really upset that, you know, my nose looks this way. And now I have to get it fixed again. And this is going to be my third operation. And he didn't give me what I wanted. And and I, I look back through my notes and I looked at everything and I realized that he really didn't have any input in the what we were talking about. It was the mom and the dad hmm. and more the dad. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, I read this review and I was like, that sucks. So I told my coordinator, I said, call him up and tell him, like, I'll fix it. Like, I'm like, this, that's no good. Like, I, I did what clearly what his parents wanted. Yeah. And, and it wasn't what he wanted at all. And I just missed it completely because the, the parents had really launched into this. is what I did exactly what we talked about and which he was in agreement with. But I didn't realize that he was, you know, the family dynamic was off. Yeah, yes, that is um, unfortunate because that is exactly what we're trying to avoid. Exactly. Exactly what we're trying to avoid, which is why I do think it's key to get the patient alone and kind of suss out what they are interested in and what they want. Um, And so we, I think we have a whole podcast on teen rhinoplasty and the indications for it and what to expect. Um, but Please refer back to that episode. It it's a good one. Refer back to that one. But is there anything in particular you want to mention with regards to what the patients, you know, should expect, should look for? I mean, I think the kids, when when they are kids at that point, the the teens who are having rhinoplasty need to be able to identify why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. I want the hump gone. I want the tip up. I want it to be narrower. I want it to be this. I want it to be that. They need to be able to articulate very clearly, which I think goes for the same with like. You know, breast reduction is common in teens because it's the it's the patient who like all of a sudden grows these large breasts and is made fun of, you know, harassed, right. you know, annoyed by you know the boys who are right the like, attention, insane. yeah, the yeah. attention of it all, and they want them reduced. Yeah, but sometimes you're like, well, actually, you may want to just give that a just minute, wait on take them. a beat. Yeah, and I had that conversation very very recently with a with a teenage patient um who did come in wanting a breast reduction um 
for all of the above reasons and because she was in sports and it wasn't you know hard for her to do what she wanted to do but the parents were the ones that had reservations um because they're like we hear what she's saying but we think maybe in a few years she might actually like the size of the breasts and so maybe she's just going through her awkward teenage phase where she doesn't want that attention right now but maybe in a few years she would and we'd hate to take that away from her so early and it was a I mean we ended up coming to an understanding all of us together the family and myself and we figured out what to do for the patient but it took like several consults and conversations with the parents with with the patient with everyone together for everyone to really get on the same page about what the goal was. Um, but that was a very legitimate concern, which I totally understood and heard that, well, maybe maybe they're right. You know, maybe yeah. she is going to want larger breasts in three, four years or so. So those are all definite, very legitimate concerns. Now, some patients like with your rhinoplasty patients, they come in, there sort of is a set age when you can do it from an anatomic standpoint. Like, you know, in a boy or a girl, you know, 14 at least in a girl 18 at least in a boy or 17, yeah, 17 18, 19 for boy. Like I said, I like them to have their man face right, before they get the a rhinoplasty. Right, the bones are still developing, the yeah. face is still developing. So there is sort of a, a cutoff for age for a rhinoplasty, assuming they have the maturity to voice what they want. Yeah, girls, it's menstruation. Boys, it's shaving, basically. Shaving, yeah. You know, and once in, they start shaving, they're... And for teenage breast in. reduction, um, and I think we have... We, might have a podcast on this too. You know, the breasts may continue to develop past 16, 17, 18 sure. years old. And so th- as long as the patients are aware that they m- may continue to grow or they may need a repeat breast reduction, then if they otherwise meet all the criteria for a breast reduction, it's fine to proceed assuming they understand, you know, the risks, benefits, etc. So for those two, the rhinoplasty and the breast reduction, they're kind of our hard indications for like maybe when you should or shouldn't do it. But the breast augmentation, that's where it gets really tricky because nobody really, aside from the congenital deformity patients, they're pretty straightforward. You don't really need a breast augmentation. No one needs it, right? You can want it badly. No, nobody needs (laughs) it. Nobody needs it. Come on. You can really, really, really want it. Yes. Um, And so at what age is it appropriate to sort of enhance the breasts because now we're talking about a whole different ballgame of like sexuality and teenagers and you know society expectations and media i mean we could go down a whole rabbit hole with that so by the way i really liked our digital our digital social yeah and refer back to our last podcast about teenagers and social media ties into this one yes so that one is very tricky that one, I would really, I mean, the patient really needs to be mature. They really need to be able to voice why they are wanting Well, this. at 18, they can sign their consent. 18, they can sign their own consents. Totally, a thousand percent. They can. Um, They're considered adults at that time. They might still be in high school, but if, you know, they sign their own consents yep. and they have someone who's paying for it, you know, like that, that's it. That's their choice. That's their decision. Um, anything younger than 18, so 17, obviously still in high school. You know, I would, yeah, I'd have a hard time with that. I haven't done it. I, I just yeah. told them, wait till you're 18. Me too, I, I'm 18. just like, you know, yeah. I, I won't do it. I've seen patients for it. I, I have, you know, moms have brought them in to like chat, chat it over with me. Right. You know, with sort of the understanding like, well, if you think it's okay, we'll do it. But I, I just don't think it's okay. I think like they need to be able to sign their own consent for that one. 
Agreed. It's, a, it's an implant. It's a device. It's, it's, a it's, device. it's a device with like some other implications. Like I think you need to be able to sign that consent yourself to get a breast augmentation. The rhinoplasties, like that, that's yeah. a little different. No, I, I and I agree. And I know plenty of girls, even friends, my own friends. You know, they got breast augmentations as a graduation present. That's you know, fine. You're out of high school. You're 18. Like. Now you're on your own. You can make your own decisions, <laughs> right. whether they be good, whether they be bad, whatever. That's, Th- that's you. now your decision. And I think you're in a position in life where that's more acceptable. But in high school, it's just, I don't want the responsibility nope. of being the person that put in implants in a high school junior or senior. And now, like, the parents are talking and the kids are talking. And yeah, no. I, I haven't done it. I've done. Uh, implants for kids with severe deformities. Yes, you know, of that, course. That's yeah. actually been pretty common. Yeah, and that's you know the congenital breast asymmetries, um, the absent breast. These are all things that you know pediatric plastic surgeons do routinely. Regular plastic surgeons do in the older patients. Um, I actually have one coming up. Cool. Um, for um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on on the deformity where you don't have an absent pectoralis? Poland syndrome. Poland. I have a Poland's patient. Oh, no way. Up. Yeah. Um, so those that's are, good. that falls under the guise of, of reconstructions, but not what we're talking about. No. But if you are a parent and you have a child that is contemplating plastic surgery, things that you need to make sure that you know beforehand going into your consult is why your child is asking for it. Is your child asking for it or is this yeah. you asking for it? That's right. And so you really got to be able to make that distinction because I don't want to operate on a child who's only there because the parent wants no. them to be there. Like that's not cool. That causes the problems you mentioned. Yep. Um, and that's why you want to you really take that time with the, with the kids. With the kids. And as a parent, you know your kid better than the plastic surgeon. You know what that child can tolerate what they cannot what they are emotionally ready for what they are not you know your child the plastic surgeon doesn't so you have to be able to figure out like are they really ready for this yeah i mean those are all the the issues at hand and um you know you want to be you want to be mindful of it you want to be smart and you want to you know take the best care of that you can of these young adults as they're coming up into you know be their own because oh my god i just i have this one patient i just I just want to cry. I mean, she had a primary rhinoplasty somewhere else. I don't want to say where. And lost the calumella you mm. know, from a closure. And, and she has like, like she has real complications. Mm. And it wasn't done. Mm. I, I, don't, I don't want to get that into the so details. Yeah. But, you know, you can probably figure out why something like that would happen on a routine operation. And, you know, it's an adult decision with adult complications and adult yeah kind of ways to take care of it definitely so you got to understand it's surgery it's not you know a getting trip your to hair Disneyland done yeah getting you know a, dyeing your hair blue and trying that out and getting a mohawk or you know even getting a tattoo like those are all things yeah. that are sort of you know some tattoos can be very bad let's yeah. let's <laughs> I, I will say that like i you know but but some are great you know and but it's not surgery like you know tattoos are you know, some stains on your skin that you can yeah. take care of one way or the other. You can cover it, whatever. Um, surgery, surgery. Can't take it back once you've done it. You can, and there definitely are real complications. Um, that being said, you know, at least here in our surgery center, um, I'm really confident in our ability to take care of teenagers. Oh, yeah. Um, because we do it a lot. I think every, <laughs> for the most part, almost everyone here who works in the surgery center 
has children of their own, from the surgeons to the techs to the anesthesiologists, the nurses. We all have our own kids. We get the anxiety that surgeons, that parents have when their baby is going to surgery. You know, and we really do take care of kids like they would be our own, you know, because you have to, because they're someone's kid. Well, they've um, operated on half of Beverly Hills High School, so. <laughs> so we get the teenagers. <laughs> and we Harvard get, Westlake. We get the kids. Um, and, you know, surgery can be done safely and, and it can be great, but it is a surgery. It is a very serious thing and you have to, you know, you have to take it that way. For sure. Um, so with those notes, I think, uh, I think we've kind of hit the, the highlights for the parents, but for the teens, make sure you know why you're showing up. Make sure you know why you're coming in and be able to articulate why you yes. want to have plastic surgery. And with that said, this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. Thanks for listening to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. If you want to reach Dr. Ravello or myself, we're available for consultations. We can also be reached through the websites. Dr. Ravello, what's your website? My website is rovelloplasticsurgery.com. And the phone number to reach us here in the office is 310-954-1355. And I do want to mention Rock Spa, which is the sponsor, truly the financial backer of this podcast. And Rock Spa is the Medi Spa that's located both in Newport Beach and Beverly Hills, providing Botox, fillers, lasers, microneedling, esthetician services like hydrofacials. We have incredible people. They do great stuff. And I highly recommend taking a look at the websites, rockspawnewportbeach.com or rockspawbeverlyhills.com. All the information is also on my website, drcalvert.com.